So I wrapped my baby up. We walked outside. It was a nice, beautiful, sunny day. I remember feeling grateful to feel the sunshine on me. And I walked up a hill to this target. And I remember like right before I hit the peak of the hill, the target, it was like the, the path to the target was on a hill. And I remember thinking, your whole bottom floor is about to fall out. Like I was seriously like, wait, I should have assessed this decision more deeply. I really should have. Mind you, at that point, I didn't decide, you know what, mom, I, I, I think we're gonna turn around. I said, you know, I'm gonna keep going. Went into the Target, did light shopping, and endured, you know, that feeling of heaviness, right? Because again, wasn't being gentle with my pelvic floor and taking those gradual steps. And, you know, I paid for it physically. Right, And it's a lesson that I was able to take with me for my second birth, right? <laughs> no walking up hills, no trips to Target. Welcome to the Well Worth Watering podcast. I'm Luann, and my goal is to empower, educate, and nourish Black birthing people along their birth and new parenthood journeys. One message, one truth, one story at a time. Because we are well worth this conversation. We are well worth pouring into. We are well worth watering. So on the last episode of the podcast, we had a really awesome conversation with Shannon Beecham from Pregnancy with Mrs. B. And we talked a lot about uh, breastfeeding, pregnancy, how to make sure that we are qualifying the right people to be in our birth village. And we ended that conversation talking a little bit about the theme of Black Breastfeeding Week, which this year the theme was the big pause, right? So centering rest and how to really um, recharge after the you know rough year, year and a half, um, and probably longer for a lot of folks um, that we've all endured. What does rest look like for us? Is it just taking a nap or is it making the time to invite back the things that fill us up, that bring us joy, right? So just to carry on that conversation a little bit, I want to move that concept of rest and the big pause into the context of postpartum. So right after we welcome our babies into this world, um, right after the birth, the fourth trimester officially begins, right? And so it it might seem odd for a lot of people to think about rest. You asking me how I'm centering rest when I'm about to enter perhaps the most tired, exhausting uh, season of my life thus far. And I get that. I get that hesitancy. But you know, there's something to be said about how we have this conversation about postpartum in our society and how, in my opinion, we don't fully prepare parents and families for um, the terrain that lies ahead in postpartum, right? Everybody knows about the exhaustion. Everybody knows about um, not getting enough sleep. Everybody knows about, you know, how do we transition from uh, being an individual and having our needs um, take a, a real backseat to the needs of our, our new babies. We know about that part, um, but we don't talk enough about the importance of surrounding that new parent and family and creating that space 
um, so that they can find little moments, right, where they can uh, rest and not just take naps and sleep, right, but find moments where they can restore and pour back into themselves. So before we get down into that, I just want to, you know, give a basic overview of what you can expect as you enter your fourth trimester. So regardless of the kind of birth that you have had, whether it is a, I want to get out of the habit of saying normal birth, right? Like what, what, what does that mean? Normal birth. So let's just say whether you have had a, uh, uneventful vaginal birth, whether you have had a planned cesarean birth or a, uh, unexpected cesarean birth, expect to be tired, (laughs) And when I say that, I'm not necessarily just referring to physical. Of course, you're going to be physically tired. You just did a big thing. But there's also a tiredness, a weariness of your heart. You just went through a lot mentally and emotionally. So what would it look like if we made space for the emotional and mental um, tiredness that comes after we've had our babies. Many of us will experience that high that you get from the amount of endorphins that come out after you've had your baby, you see your baby, you hold your baby. That can make us feel intense feelings of uh, gratefulness, joy. But it can also look like a lot of people talk about having birth shock or experiencing things that they didn't necessarily expect to experience. You assume that you're going to be happy and overjoyed that you just went through this incredible physical process and you're excited to see your baby, but a lot of people aren't. A lot of people are shocked that they are not immediately connected to this new life that they held. What if we made space for all of those feelings that we don't necessarily talk about openly? So expect to be tired right? Expect for your mind, body, and spirit to be a little bit tired, and that's okay. For those of us who have chosen to breast or chest feed our children, there can be an exhaustion that comes with learning that new skill, right, of nursing. It doesn't come to a lot of us naturally. We actually talked about that on the last episode with Shannon. A lot of us are shocked to find out um, that we face a lot of challenges there, right? We thought it was going to be so natural and we would, we would just be in tune with our babies. And that is not the case for everyone. It might be for a lot of you. And I, I hope that is the case, right? But it might not be for all of us. Um, we might find a lot of exhaustion and tiredness there and that new skill, that new journey in and of itself. Maybe we might be feeling social exhaustion because here we've gone through pregnancy. We've had our baby. And while we know and we've been preparing for this new version of ourselves, it's one thing to talk about it and prepare for it, but it's another to be thrown back into a new life, right? Um, And feeling maybe a lot of pressure to live up to the roles that we had before we became a parent. Now we feel perhaps this pressure to start, start spinning the plates again and start being productive and um, getting back into all the routines that we once had. We, we say to ourselves, okay, I'm going to give myself time and space, but maybe there's this nagging feeling of like, oh no, but I got to still do all the things. I have to still be all the things. 
So that's another kind of exhaustion that can kind of creep up on us without even realizing it. First, let's just hit the first point, right, which is physical. And why a lot of folks stress how important it is to rest after you had your baby. Now, many people are accustomed to the idea of giving yourself uh, four to six weeks. A lot of us have the expectation that we'll see our provider, whether it's our uh, midwife or obstetrician, uh, at the six-week mark. And that officially, again, I'm making air quotes, y'all can't see me, that officially marks the end of postpartum. But many of us that have been through postpartum know that it can take years. I'm not joking. It can take years for you to really feel like you are back into your body or back into yourself. A lot of people say they don't feel that way, that kind of like, okay, I feel settled into myself until their baby is like two, three years old. And I for sure experienced that with both of my kids, right? So what does that look like if we're saying that that six-week uh, time frame is really much longer? A lot of you might hear that and think, oh my gosh, like, I don't have that kind of time. I want to get back to, right, complete the blank for whatever, you know, whatever you'll fill that blank with for yourself. I want to get back to. You have to give yourself time to heal, though. I've heard before, and it's, it rings so true, birth has a way of cracking us wide open, wide open, every part of us, not just our body. And if we want to talk practically, giving yourself time uh, right after you've had your baby um, well into uh, about the 40-day mark, you want to give your uterus time to return to its pre-pregnancy size. So when the uterus is not carrying and, and nourishing a baby, it's about the size of your fist. If you just make a fist and ball it up, it's about the size of your fist. And it sits nice and neat, deep into your pelvis. Now, as you become pregnant and grow and nourish this baby, it grows uh, to house that baby, right? And so after you've had your baby, you've birthed your placenta and all of that, your uterus begins the really important job of cleaning itself out. That's why we experience lochia, which is that uh, bleeding and just cleansing of the uterus that can occur from anywhere between uh, four to six weeks after you've had your baby. Um, but there's also that shrinking back down. If you, again, choose to breast or chest feed your baby, that aids in the shrinking back down. That oxytocin hormone helps with um, that process of shrinking it back down. There's also the pelvic floor that has done a lot over this nine plus months of carrying this baby, that extra weight. So there's a resting that needs to happen there too. And of course, the exhaustion that you experience from meeting the needs, the round the clock needs of a new human being. And that doesn't even uh, include all of the things that we talked about just now about the emotions and perhaps the spiritual feelings that are coming up in you and making space to not, not even to get to the point of processing yet, but just making space to feel what you feel and not rush it away, not chase it away. When you make intentional steps and a plan before you welcome your baby to center rest as part of your postpartum healing, you are making space to not only heal physically, 
but to bolster your awareness, your self-awareness, which can be really valuable during that healing time because what happens is you're paying closer attention. You're able to pay close attention to how you're feeling physically, mentally, what you might be needing, leaning into your intuition that might be telling you, you know what, I'm feeling kind of off. You know, I should uh, call my provider or let my partner know um, what's going on. You are more attentive to not only the needs of your newborn baby, but really able to soak in that that precious time, like the newness of having a new human there that you're nourishing and you, and you are caring for, breathing them in. You're more aware of the wonder of this new season that you just walked into and you're able to let that sink in and really form some beautiful uh, connection and moments that really can build on a lifetime can serve as a foundation for uh, you know the, the life of the relationship that you that you are building with your newborn baby and if you've had a vaginal birth you can expect your perineum your vulva, um, even your anus uh, to be really, really sore because, you know, you did a lot of work pushing that baby out. The way that the baby descends out of your pelvis into your birth canal um, and sort of rests a little bit on the perineum, which is like a necessary process because that resting allows your perineum to slowly stretch as opposed to like quickly stretching that can perhaps cause a little bit more tearing than not. All of that stretching and, and gentle resting that the baby's head does on your perineum um, afterward can cause like a lot of soreness. You know, I mean, that's I think that's the thing that most postpartum parents expect, that soreness um, from a vaginal birth. And that's where things like sitz baths, some nice, some nice herbal sitz baths would come into play. A lot of people also like to put sitz baths herbs in their um, peri bottle. And a peri bottle is just an, a small squeezy bottle. It has a screw top that has a little uh, spout to, to squeeze out onto uh, your vulva area. I just wash their vulva area with that and that can be really soothing too. If you've had a cesarean birth, you definitely want to pay close attention to your rest because cesarean births are major surgery and they require you to take care of yourself, rest, uh, lay in the bed as much as possible, even uh, more so than someone that has had a vaginal birth. You want to pay close attention to your birth incision, making sure that it's clean and dry and healing up nicely making sure that you are in as comfortable as possible positions, not only for resting and healing, but for nursing. Some really popular nursing positions for people that have birth via cesarean are uh, semi-reclined positioned or side-lying nursing, which means that you lie on your side and you sort of prop yourself up with your arm and you allow the baby to nurse uh, and come to you in a way that does not put a lot of pressure on your incision or you know, force you to put too much pressure on your midsection. While you're resting, you wanna be paying attention to the foods and liquids that you're taking in. 
people that have newly birthed really can benefit from staying warm because warmth encourages healing. And so when we think about warmth and what we're putting into our bodies, we first go to what teas and soups, which is like instinctively, those are like two of the best things that you can have in postpartum. So even though we might find ourselves feeling really anxious during those last days of pregnancy, right? Oh, when is this baby coming? That's actually a good time to maybe prepare a nice soup, maybe with a lot of root veggies and lentils and things that will be really gentle on our stomachs for the postpartum period. Because the more easy we can make it for us to pass stools after we've had a baby, the better it is for everyone. We talked about resting our bodies, nourishing our bodies, what to expect. Defining what rest means to you before your baby comes can be a really valuable thing to do. Well, the first and likely most important kind of rest we can center is, of course, sleep. And we know that that is hard to come by (laughs) after you have kids, especially when you have a newborn. But it really is true. I mean, there is a, a... urge that a lot of new parents have to try to do all the things that, you know, they want to do while their baby is sleeping. But, you know, it really can't be said enough. If you, especially if you have someone like there to help you in those first couple of days, which I I strongly recommend um, to, if you can, if you have, if you're blessed to have that resource, to have like a close family member um, there to help you in those first couple of days, if your baby is fed, if your baby has just nursed and has changed, you know, just ask them to watch the baby. Someone you trust, of course, um, and you feel comfortable with, ask them to watch the baby just for a little so you can rest. And this includes partners as well. We tend to focus just on the birthing parent because they've done a lot of work and they sure have and they need that sleep. But it's a time for your partner to rest as well. You both are tired and adjusting. So finding ways to make sure that you know you both are getting little blips of sleep when you can. They say a sleep cycle is about 90 minutes. So you know aiming aiming for that 90 minute um, 90 minute bursts of sleeps um, can really really help. But there's also value in thinking about what rest looks like. And this is something that Shannon and I talked about in the last episode. Rest for lots of people is you know going outside. Getting, getting some sunshine. While we encourage uh, parent and baby, mama and baby to really just cocoon those first couple of weeks at home and just learn each other and smell on each other and bond, it can be really nice to just step outside, wrap your baby up, get some sunshine. If you have a, a supportive village, step outside by yourself. Experience what that sunshine and fresh air feels like just for you. I think a lot of new moms and new parents can relate to this feeling of, you know, you have your baby and you have this moment of like, I just conquered the world. I just gave birth. I'm about to do all this stuff. I know I had my baby last week, but I'm going to (laughs) wrap my baby up and go out on the town, basically. So I remember after the birth of my first, my daughter, um, my mom came to help me and to be with me for uh, about a little over a week. Um, it was the springtime and I decided, you know what, 
Uh, we're going to go to Target right now, Mom. That's what we're doing. We're going to Target. I'm going to take a little bit of a walk. Mind you, um, at that time, I didn't know that a gentler way of getting your body moving after you've had your baby is to start with baby steps. The first couple of days after you had your baby, you really just want to be staying in the bed as much as possible. You're getting up to use the bathroom to clean yourself, but you want to stay in that bed as much as possible because of all the things that I mentioned about your pelvic floor healing, your uterus uh, shrinking back down to size, the exhaustion of what you just went through, wanting to stay close to your baby, especially if you're nursing them, just staying in the bed, at least for the first week. I didn't realize that after that first week, the more gentler way of getting movement going is start with the room you're in. Get up, take a walk around the room and go back and lay down and rest again. Uh, maybe the next day you start walking around the floor of whatever floor or level you're on. If you're in an apartment, maybe you walk around the entire apartment, then go back and rest. And so you're slowly elevating the amount of walking that you're doing, which is you know, you can see this is gentler and more gradual on your body. I didn't do that, y'all. Okay. I, I don't remember the amount of walking I was doing. I likely was just, you know, walking. I wasn't, we weren't in a house at that time, but I was likely walking around the apartment. But I remember deciding too soon in retrospect that I was about to go to Target. So I wrapped my baby up. We walked outside. It was a nice, beautiful, sunny day. I remember feeling grateful to feel the sunshine on me. And I walked up a hill to this Target. And I remember like right before I hit the peak of the hill, the Target, it was like the, the path to the Target was on a hill. And I remember thinking, your whole bottom floor is about to fall out. Like I was seriously like, wait, I should have assessed this decision more deeply. I really should have. Mind you, at that point, I didn't decide, you know what, mom, I I, I think we're going to turn around. I said, you know, I'm going to keep going. Kept going. Went into the Target, did light shopping, and endured, you know, that feeling of heaviness, right? Because again, wasn't being gentle with my pelvic floor and taking those gradual steps. Much less walking up a hill, like why? That, that I'm sure that's on everybody's list of don't do in postpartum, but I didn't get the memo, clearly. And, you know, I paid for it physically, right? And it's a lesson that I was able to take with me for my second birth, right? <laughs> no walking up hills, no trips to Target. When you, you, and you likely will, have this moment of your endorphins are high and you really are, especially if you've had an uneventful birth, right? close to how you were expecting it to go. You have this moment of like, oh, I'm on cloud nine, I can do anything. And you put your intuition and listening to your body's needs on the back burner. And take some time to really think about uh, allies you can put into place or people you can put into place to kind of back you away from making decisions that you might regret physically, like walking up a hill to Target. So there's so much more I could and want to and plan to say about the fourth trimester. I'm actually really passionate about postpartum life, postpartum care, and I plan to talk about it and talk more about postpartum life. But for now, I would love to hear what your thoughts are. What are some ways you have centered rest? What does rest look like for you um, for 
parents that have been through the fourth trimester or if you are still pregnant and have yet to welcome your baby, what are some ways that you plan to center rest? You can hit me up on Instagram and Facebook at wellworthwatering. And of course, until the next time, always remember that you are well worth pouring into and you are well worth watering. Take care.